Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. It's one of those stories that seemingly never ends. The corner crossing case is back. The corner crossing case, it's now up on appeal, and the uh, person who lost at the trial court is arguing that the judge wrongly relied on a case that was really, really old and not necessarily good law. And of course, you can make the argument, but you got to get another court to buy that one. Wyofile.com ran this article written by Angus Thurmer Jr., who's been covering this case since its inception. The owner of Elk Mountain Ranch has asked the 10th Circuit to overturn a ruling that says that corner crossing is not trespassing. And for those of you who don't remember this, corner crossing is where you've got four pieces of property. I'll give you an example. It's the easiest to understand. Four pieces of property. So top row is A, B, bottom row is C, and D, okay? A, B, C, D. Someone owns A and D, but not B, C. And B and C are public property. So you're on C, and you want to get to B. Well, assume there's no fences or anything, just just dotted lines on the ground, and we know where the boundaries are. You walk up the corner, you step over, and you keep walking. You didn't set foot on A or D. You simply stepped from C to B. But, but, remember, property lines go straight up. So at that intersection, the property lines go like this, up into the air. And so someone stepping from one corner to the other is passing over private property. They do that without the permission of that person. The question is, are they trespassing? And so they've been going round and round about this because there's a lot of land out west in particular that is landlocked. And if you can't allow this, the only way to do that is to get from one to the other would be like, go by helicopter. So a wealthy ranch owner has asked a federal appeals court to overturn the trial court judge's ruling in Wyoming that corner crossing is illegal. And here's the thing. The court had relied on a case from 1914. And now this attorney's, the attorney for this guy are saying, well, that is not binding, persuasive, or even good law. Now, the thing is, court cases don't expire. Okay? Now, they might get overturned, or they might become not good law if a law changes, for instance. But it's possible that a case can sit there on the books for centuries and still be good law. So the Ranch owner made the arguments to the U.S. Court of Appeals, 10th Circuit, in papers filed recently by his attorneys. The appeal argues that the Wyoming chief U.S. district judge's ruling from earlier this year, he's there, they're challenging this because he said that it's not trespassing to simply step from one corner to another. At issue is whether a person can step from one piece of public property to another at the common corner with two pieces of private land arranged in a checkerboard pattern. The judge said that corner crossing is not trespassing, even though in this case we're talking about four hunters from Missouri passed through the space above the man's land, but the men never set foot on the property. And so for the purposes of this case, the sides have said, look, it doesn't matter. One side says, we didn't step on the land, and we don't think it matters that we pass through the airspace. And the owner says, I don't care if you step on the land or not, you still pass through the airspace. The question is then, is passing over and through the airspace at the corner, is that trespassing? 
So the case has implications out west for an estimated 8.3 million acres of public land are considered corner-locked by the interpretation that we're talking about, assuming that corner-crossing is trespassing. If it's not, all that land is potentially now open. So the rancher sued the men in civil court in 2021 for a civil action of trespassing. Uh, And then, of course, he sought their prosecution as well. So keep in mind that private property rights come with restrictions, the judge ruled. The hunters had the right to the benefit of the public domain, which necessarily requires some limitation on the adjoining private landowner's right of exclusion within the checkerboard. Uh, The man's ranch, by the way, is 22,000 acres. But inside that 22,000 acres is approximately 6,000 acres of land that is public, but you can't get to it without stepping over someone else's property. So the judge says that even though this man owns the airspace above his property, his private property rights don't allow him to keep others from passing through that airspace when they're simply corner crossing. And one thing to remember, and, and this is the kind of thing that, that non-lawyers often miss, is that there can be a law on the books, okay? And for instance, I'll give you the best example of this I can think of. Um, battery, assault and battery, but the word battery. Battery is an offensive touching. Someone touches you in a way that you don't approve of. And usually the batteries we hear about being prosecuted where somebody punches you in the face or hits you with something out of anger. But let's suppose that you're walking through a crowd and somebody bumps into you, okay? That's annoying. Uh, you didn't ask to be bumped into. You, you, you didn't like it. Could you ask them to be prosecuted for battery? Could you go find a police officer and go, that person bumped me in a crowd? Cops and go, Really? I've got more important things to do. No, no, we're not going to go arrest that person for battery. Were you injured? And that's often the distinction is, did the offensive touching injure you? Now, there are some kinds of offensive touchings that still might be prosecutable that might not injure you. You might go, Steve, name one. Let's suppose you're giving a speech. You've been asked to deliver the commencement speech at a school. Graduation. And somebody sneaks up while you're in the middle of your speech and hits you in the face with one of those cream pies. Did it injure you? Probably not. Could you have that person prosecuted for battery? Probably. What's the injury? Well, the injury might not be physical, but it would certainly be embarrassing and all kinds of other things. And without even the actual physical injury... There could still be some harm. The person bumping into the crowd, did they harm you? Well, no, but it bummed me out because I hate to be touched by strangers. Okay, they're not going to prosecute for that. So let's get back to the corner crossing case. The guy's got two pieces of property, okay? They adjoin like this. And someone's going to step from over here to over there. So let's assume for a moment that that's the situation. Someone comes along, steps over his property, and goes on their way. Were they trespassing? Well, if we take the argument that he owns this space and this space, and it touches at that corner geometrically, they must have, unless they, of course, are so narrow that they don't actually have a side profile, (laughs) which I think they do. So they trespassed. What's the harm? What's the harm? 
Now, you might say, but Steve, 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 you talked about trespass before. Someone comes onto your property without permission, they're trespassing. Yes. But there are some things in the law that are so de minimis, we say, which is Latin for very, 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 very small, <laughs> with exactly that number of various, where you look at it and go, okay, I understand that technically speaking, that's wrong. But is it something that courts should spend their time on? Um, I'll give you another example. Let's suppose, let's suppose that radar guns became so accurate that they had no margin of error. Okay? And the speed limit's 50 miles an hour. And you're driving at 50.00000001 mile per hour. Could a police officer write you up for speeding? Theoretically, yes. Now, I know you're going to say, but Steve, that's not one over. No, no, I'm talking about just, let's suppose it just said in excess of. Could a police officer write you for going 50.00001 miles per hour? Could. When you go to court and you say, Your Honor, I was doing .00001 miles per hour over the speed limit. This is ridiculous. Most judges look at the cop and go, that is ridiculous. Who can watch their speed that accurately, especially when the speedometer on your car just says 50? Five zero. Okay, so, so I'm simply pointing out that sometimes the law says that there can be something wrong, but it can still be so small as to not be actionable. And so we're talking about whether it's a lawsuit would be actionable or prosecutable would be the other kind of action. So in this case, at this point, a criminal trial was held and these guys were found not guilty. And the lawsuit was filed and the court said no liability. So now the guy's taking that up on appeal to try to get a ruling on this. So the court has said that the man owns the airspace above his property, but his private property rights don't allow him to exclude others from simply passing over that corner to reach public property. And the judge relied in part on a U.S. appeals court ruling in a case known as McKay versus Uinta from the early 1900s. And that case involved sheep Sheep being brought across private property to reach public grazing land. And the man's attorneys here say that was wrong. That case is not binding, persuasive, or even good law. And by the way, following along with that case, the court also here followed with the Unlawful Enclosures Act, which is an old law involving whether or not you can block people out of private property. But part of the problem is that the um, Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals um, was apparently split into two courts. And that is, of course, what created the Tenth Circuit. And the Tenth Circuit is where they are right now. And so the man's lawyers are saying that the Tenth Circuit has never held the decisions of its predecessor circuit, which is the Eighth, are controlling in the Tenth. And that's the kind of thing that, well... If I find a case that goes my way in another circuit, it might not be binding on this circuit, but it can be what we call persuasive, meaning the court's going to go, well, do you have anything better? Because if not, that might be the best we've got. And if it was good reasoning back then, it's probably good reasoning now, unless you can explain why it's not good reasoning now. So at the time of McKay, Wyoming's part of the Eighth Circuit, the judge wrote, because McKay originated from the District of Wyoming, this court can find no reasonable basis to believe it is not bound by that decision. So the court said it was bound by this, even though technically it was the Eighth Circuit, not the Tenth, but it both 
Both of them, both cases happened in Wyoming. The ranchers' team also wrote that the appeals court decided um, McKay at the apex of the open range era, and the decision was an application of the custom of the open range. So uh, now the rancher wants the Denver-based court to allow attorneys to argue their case orally. Uh, it turns out that their appeal uh, document is 62 pages long, and um, they say that uh, they simply want to get this matter settled using modern law, or at least modern logic. But as of right now, they're asking the court to overturn the lower court's finding. So this one is a difficult one. This one's a difficult one. The question is, does it harm anybody? And again, that's not necessarily the test for whether it's trespassing, but that's a test for whether or not it's something that courts should get involved in, okay? Again, this was from wyofile.com. Uh, corner crossing appeal, judge wrongly relied on old case, says the rancher's attorney. Uh, and Angus M. Thurmer Jr. wrote that. He's been on top of the story, like I said, since it began. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. You can't have everything. Where would you put it?